We all have bucket lists. As a lifelong sports fan, mine is full of tons of different sporting events and venues, from the NBA, NFL, Olympics, and beyond. However, my greatest bucket list item is something I want to share with the world and fans like me. What if you could attend a home college football game for all 130 and counting FBS programs? Seems crazy, right? Join me, your host, Bobby Wilson, as I take you along for the ride to see all the FBS venues and more. This is the TNT College Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the very next episode of the TNT College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby Wilson. Glad to be back on tonight. Hope everybody's doing well. Uh, Tonight's episode, I'm going to focus on the uh, 24 new uh, head coaching uh, hires that were made in in this cycle. I'm not ranking them by any means. I'm just going to go through a list of the 24, uh, kind of tell you who they are, what they're walking into, uh, maybe what they've done in the transfer portal um, and the like, and just kind of give you what I what I could see uh, going forward. Uh, doing it all in one episode this year, I did breakdowns of each coach uh, each hire last year on different episodes. I did one per episode. So going to kind of jam a lot into this episode. So I'll, I'll just dive right in with arguably the best hire of the cycle being Matt Rule at Nebraska. Um, he comes in uh, to a position where Nebraska was 4-8 and eight last year, 3-6 and six in the Big Ten. A lot was ex- – I shouldn't say a lot, but at least improvement was expected. And we just didn't see that. Um, we've uh, obviously Matt Rule, his credentials speak for itself. I mean, he went to the NFL, did did a not very good job to say the least. Uh, but we all know in the college ranks what he has done. Uh, he took over a Temple program that was two and ten. And a Baylor program that was one on eleven, and those programs took off and skyrocketed into um, something special, um, which led to him, of course, getting that Carolina Panthers job. He had a poor showing. I think, I think we all know he is a uh, much better college coach than a pro coach. Um, Nebraska has had six straight losing seasons, seven out of the last eight years. They've almost been irrelevant you could say since they've joined the big 10 we all know what matt rule brings to the table um, from a coaching standpoint i mean he is he he's one of those guys is as good as it gets Um, you look at you look at some of the guys he's brought in from the portal um, i think the one in particular that you look at um Jeff Sims, at quarterback from Georgia Tech to run his system uh, or to run that offense. Casey Thompson left. So I think uh, think we're really intrigued to see how Jeff Sims goes, uh, goes, out, goes about it then. They've added some good, uh, really, really good pieces on the offensive and defensive lines. They've added a couple receivers, but a lot of P5 transfers which is huge for them. They've added a handful of guys from Florida. So that that's an interesting one. Um, three different guys from Georgia. So, I mean, we getting wide receiver Billy Kemp from Virginia is a big deal. Um, and Josh Flex, another wide receiver from Baylor. So some uh, really uh, interesting pieces there for Nebraska moving forward. Now, do I... Do I think that Nebraska is just going to come out and be world beaters this year? No, I, I, I mean it's it's going to take a little bit of time, and and that's the thing. Nebraska fans must be realistic about this. Should you expect to go to a bowl game? Absolutely, I I would say that definitely should be an expectation, but you're not going to be fighting for the Big Ten title right away. Uh, let's next up on the list, Luke Fickle at Wisconsin. Uh, I think we can all agree that this was one of those hires that that really surprised people, just because we didn't. 
I don't really think anybody saw this one coming. Um, Luke Fickle seemed very, very happy at Cincinnati um, with their move to the Big 12. I, I think it was only, I think it only made sense uh, that he was going to be there and it was going to, they were going to do some good things. Uh, but again, uh, I, I, I can't say that, that I blame him for, uh, for bailing to a program that's much more stable in the Wisconsin Badgers. Um, Wisconsin last year uh, went 7-6, and 4-5 and five in the Big Ten, went to a bowl. Um, little surprised when we saw um, Paul Chris let go there. That was, a, that was one of those head-scratching moves, let's say, just because he was so embedded in that program. Um, but I think we can all argue that was you could argue that Wisconsin's been the best when the third best Big Ten program over the last fifteen to twenty years from from an overall standpoint. So you have a coach who is who was obviously the only G five coach to take a team to the playoff. Now you're putting him in the Big Ten, played at Ohio State, coached at Ohio State, like. This is a guy who knows what he's doing at that level, and this is a great hire. I think he's going to win, and and he might be set up to win a little more quickly than, say, Matt Rule. Um, obviously, one huge question looking at uh, Wisconsin is the quarterback position, and they added multiple uh Transfer portal quarterbacks after Graham Mertz left to Florida. Uh, my favorite looking at it right now, I mean, obviously there's a long time to play it out. Tanner Mordecai from SMU, I think, has a very legitimate chance to win that job. There's a couple other guys in there too, but he, he would, in my opinion, would be the heavy favorite. Um, they've added some wide receivers, C.J. Williams from USC, Bryson Green from Oklahoma State. Will Pauling from Cincinnati, Quincy Burroughs from Cincinnati. So I mean, they've they've really they've done some good work. Um, then two other quarterbacks, Nick Evers from Oklahoma, and then uh, Braden Locke from Mississippi State. So this is this is a there's gonna be some battles in Madison, and uh, I think I think we can all agree that Wisconsin is probably set up better short term to have the success and i and i think the luke fickle hire is a home run hire personally um, next on the list um, one that i think we all uh th th there's been a ton said about it deon sanders at colorado coach prime um, undoubtedly the splashiest hire of the cycle there that's there's no doubt about that um uh, what he's done already um, I, I think the number it's over 70 guys left and the amount of guys he's bringing in um, obviously a different approach than uh, than most to, to say the least um, not the way that I would do it as a coach but I'm not here to question how anybody's doing their job handling their job and what they're doing but, I mean, you can look at the list of, well, first let's talk about Coach Prime as a coach at, at in the SWAC at Jackson State. Went 27-5 and in three years. He won two SWAC championships. So he, he obviously did some good things at that level. And I think we all know, like, it, it, it's what he can do as a recruiter. Uh, can he win in the Pac-12? I think it's going to be very difficult this year because the Pac-12 is loaded. Um, but if you're just looking at what they've, who they've picked up, like they just recently picked up Alton McCaskill, running back from Houston. They've picked up a handful of guys from Florida State. Um, you can go down the line there. I, I think adding, adding Jaquez Robinson, uh, corner from Alabama, you can go down the line. There's been way too many guys to even mention everybody that they've picked up in the transfer portal. Um, but a couple that I want to hit on, of course, uh, Jimmy Horn, 
from USF, I think is a, I think that's a really, really good pickup. He was a really good player at USF. Um, Travis Hunter, obviously. I mean, I think we all know that. And then, of course, Shador Sanders, his son at quarterback. Um, Sanders and Hunter, obviously, are going to be two of the marquee players, not only on this team, but potentially in the Pac-12 and the country. Um, my personal thoughts on Coach Prime in Colorado, <clears throat> I don't. I just don't like the style that they're doing it at. As a former college head coach myself, it just doesn't fit my style. It doesn't fit the way I like to do. Would like to do things. Um, and I personally believe that uh, Coach Dillingham at Arizona State is a is definitely not nowhere near talked about as much. But I would argue that that was potentially. A better hire in the Pac-12 um, than Coach Prime. Uh, obviously, Coach Prime is the splashy hire, the big name who can do some things. But I have to see it proven at this level before I uh, <clears throat> am just going to say, hey, they got it because I'm not a fan and I don't trust it. Uh, next up on the list, Hugh Freeze at Auburn, returning to the SEC. Obviously, we know uh, he won games at Ole Miss. So, but scandals kind of pushed him out the door at Ole Miss. Goes to Liberty, wins a ton, re re rehabilitated his uh, his image and 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 the like, and really. It seems like a good hire. Seems like a good hire, but time will tell. I mean, he won in the SEC while he was there at Ole Miss. Now he's at Auburn. This is a completely, I mean, it's not a shot at Ole Miss at all, but at Auburn you have a little bit more um, pull, let's just say. Um, some of the interesting pieces he might have brought in or he did bring in. Um, I think the number one that we got to look at, Right away is Peyton Thorne, the quarterback from Michigan State. I mean, that's a huge, huge addition. Another one that I think under the radar for some people, but Brian Batty from South Florida, um, that's a big pickup because he, he was a really nice player for South Florida last year, and I think he's going to do some really good things in that Auburn backfield. But, of course, getting Peyton Thorne to leave a starting spot at, at a Big Ten school to come to the SEC and compete. I mean, he's going to compete for the job, but I think we all we're all in agreement that he'll he'll get that job. But uh, he gives him a much more stable option at that quarterback position. Uh, and and I think the SEC West this year. Well, looking at Auburn last year. Um, Going five and seven, two and six. Obviously, that's never going to cut it. And but I think the SEC West is a little more open this year than in years than in years past. I, I, I think LSU and Alabama are the prohibited favorites, but there is definitely room for Auburn to sneak up in there and really make some noise. Um, and and I think it, it's it's possible with with the additions that they've made, and this is this is a hire that if Freeze wins and wins a lot, if he's able to keep the program clean, then the entire fan base will be pleased. Um, if if that doesn't happen, then you're going to go back to square one again. So I think it's it's one of those things where he has to do it the right way because we've seen some issues recently uh, with some other things happening. Um, and, I, I, and with his image, what it was when he was at Ole Miss, coming from Liberty, changing that, hopefully he's able to do the right thing here. Um, look at next up, Jeff Brom, the hire at Louisville. Um, this this one, 
I, I shouldn't say it's surprising. Obviously, if if you know Jeff Brom and his story, um, this is his home. I mean, he threw for fifty four hundred yards and thirty eight touchdowns during his Louisville career in the late eighties and early nineties, but. I think he did a pretty darn good job at Purdue, probably as good as he honestly could have. Um, taking that team to the Big Ten championship game last year, um, it, it, Purdue is a difficult, difficult job from the standpoint of you're not at the level of those upper echelon uh, Big Ten teams. And now he heads home to Louisville, and, and I think he can win there. One, he's an alum. He's going to want to win. And I think he's proven, he's obviously proven that he can do it. And I think he's going to have time to do it because Louisville is, is in a state where, well, first off, they're in a state of what conference are they going to be in moving forward. We'll see how that plays out. But nonetheless, you got a guy who knows who knows the university, who knows what what you're looking for to have success there. I think he's going to be able to bring in the right guys to do to do good things right away. Um, looking at looking at what they've brought in early. I mean, he had a pretty good recruiting class, ranked in the top five in the ACC with getting hired late. That's a pretty pretty darn good spot to be in. Uh, added Brady Allen, the quarterback. Quarterback transfer from Purdue. He he had a, obviously had a handful of guys come from Purdue with him. Adding Storm Duck, who was at North Carolina, went to Penn State. Now he's coming to Louisville. That's that's a big get. Um, so I, I I think you just you and, and then they added Jack Plummer too. Uh, quarterback transfer from Cal. So I mean you're gonna have a battle there for that position. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Um, Transitioning in that offense, I mean, obviously they had Malik Cunningham the past handful of years, and now they're going to, if you're looking at the the type of offense that Jeff Brown runs, it's going to be a lot more open, a lot more passing. So, I mean, it's going to be friendly for the Louisville fans, to say the least. I, I, think, I think this is a higher given time, and then, of course, given where they end up uh, in, in a conference, per se, he could do some good things. Next up, Jamie Chadwell hired at Liberty from Coastal Carolina. I was I was very sad to see him leave Coastal, um, but he is the absolute perfect fit at Liberty. Um, from his religious beliefs to his coaching philosophy, he's just a fantastic hire. Went thirty-one and six the past three years at Coastal Carolina, three bowl appearances. Liberty is moving. To Conference USA, obviously we we all know that, and Liberty has just done a tremendous job uh, in in the transfer portal uh, this off season with what Coach Chadwell has has added some really really good pieces from the portal, uh, Power Five down. Um, you look at some. Uh, some really good skill players from Power Five, different wide receivers, uh, some a couple running backs. Added Trey Low, uh, the third, a quarterback transfer from Southern Miss. But you have like James Joyner, running back transfer from Arkansas. Quentin Cooley, running back transfer from Wake Forest. Then multiple uh, P five transfers at the wide receiver position. Um, just some really really good skill skill position guys there and I know he's they've already started doing a tremendous job in the uh, class of 2024 I, I think I personally think the sky's the limit at Liberty I, I think that he Jamie Chadwell is going to do an absolutely amazing job there and I think once the with the playoff expanding I think Liberty is going to be set up to have to be one of those teams year in year out with an opportunity to go to the playoff being that g5 representative and i think it's everything to do with coach chadwell um, again perfect fit for that situation uh, he's obviously extremely likable um, 
the fan base is going to love him, and I know they already do. Um, they're just going to love that staff and everything that they that they're going to do there. It, 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 I don't think there was a better hire for an institution made during this cycle than Jamie Chadwell to Liberty. Uh, next, Tom Herman at FAU at Florida Atlantic. I think we all kind of know Florida Atlantic has a history of uh, uh, making some splashy coaching hires. Um, obviously, they're not afraid to take a chance. Obviously, they had Lane Kippen, Kiffin before. Uh, you can go down the line. But adding Tom Herman, <clears throat> I think this, is, this could be a problem for the AAC with their first year, especially with the news of who they just added um, in the transfer portal with uh, Casey Thompson, the quarterback for Nebraska. I think this is the this is probably the sleeper pick in the conference. I mean, of course, I'm gonna you're, you're gonna say um, you're gonna say uh, UTSA is the favorite, but. They also added another interesting pickup was Daniel Richardson at quarterback from Central Michigan. And then you add Casey Thompson from Nebraska, Ben Ballard from Texas. <laughs> so there's a interesting quarterback competition. They added two uh, P5 tight ends. They added some uh, really good talent at the skill positions in the portal. This is a program to really look at moving forward or this year as a potential sleeper in college football. Now, I, I think we all are in agreement that Tom Herman will probably look to bail the first chance he gets to go back to the, to the P5 level. Um, so we'll see how long this lasts. But I, I think looking at it at face value right up front, Tom Herman at FAU is a Fantastic hire. Looking now at Brent, Brent Key, uh, hired at Georgia Tech. Um, Jeff Collins is obviously a disaster over his time at, at Georgia Tech. Brent Key took over the interim role, and I think he did a pretty darn good job. Uh, really nice job over his eight-game stretch there. They went four and four in those eight games, and they almost went, became bowl eligible. I mean, he did a heck of a job. I, I know that they they were looking at some other people for that job, but I, he he just seemed like after what he did in that very very difficult circumstance, taking over there, you, you got to give him all the credit in the world for what he put together there. Um, looking at what he's brought in. Um, Obviously, they lose Sims at quarterback, who was who was their best playmaker um, offensively. But he adds Haynes King at quarterback from Texas A and M. I think that that that's going to help. Um, and then you just look at uh, Dominic Blaylock, wide receiver from Georgia. That was a really good addition for them. And then some other uh, really good additions like Christian Leary. Wide receiver from Alabama. They really add a, a good amount of guys at the wide receiver position because they, they, they need all the help they can get. Um, if you saw them play the past couple years, I mean, it was the Jameer Gibbs and Jeff Sims show, and that was it. So, I mean, it, it's it's going to take a little bit of time for him to get that get that going. But, I mean, they went 4-4 four and four last year with some, with some difficult, really, really difficult circumstances. So I think once he gets a couple of cycles under his recruiting cycles under his belt, I think he could have success there. Again, they're another team that you look at moving forward. Where are they going to be from a conference standpoint? So that the, the so the the guys that got hired in the ACC this year are, are you? That's the question I have: is where are they going to be in the next couple of years moving forward? I, I think Brent Key. With the job he did last year, going four and four after the disaster that transpired there, I, I, I think he could have success. I really do. Uh, next on the list, Kevin Wilson gets hired at Tulsa. Um, Tulsa had a, had a run, a stretch. 
for a little while where they were one of the top teams in the AAC and they've really fallen off over the past couple years. So a coaching change was needed. Uh, you bring in uh, Kevin Wilson, who has had plenty of – he's had success, obviously. Coached at Indiana um, and most recently uh, the architect of Ohio State's offense for the past six years, two Heisman Trophy. He's coached two Heisman Trophy winners in the past while he was at Oklahoma and Sam Bradford and Jason White. Um He's known for his work with quarterbacks. Of course, Sam Bradford, Justin Fields, Jason White, Dwayne Haskins, C.J. Stroud. Uh, he's he, he, With his work at the University of Oklahoma, I have to imagine that he is respected in the state of Oklahoma. And I, I expect him to get the Tulsa offense back on track. And, and I think he'll be able to do that. Um, but how quickly it, it's going to take a little bit of time. I, I was a little surprised that they didn't add um, a quarterback in the portal, um, just because he is a he's that quarterback quote unquote unquote quarterback guru. Um, but given time, I think he could have success there. But I think he's also another guy. Is is he going to be looking for the next job too? Um, time will tell. Next hire Brian Newberry at Navy. Uh, promoted uh, from the defensive coordinator status. Ken Niamantiolo, who ran the program for 15 years, was dismissed, which is unfortunate, but uh, a change was needed. Uh, 2019, they were... He was brought in in 20... Newberry was brought in in 2019. He instantly turned one of the nation's worst defenses into one of the best defenses in the AAC. It'll be really interesting to see um, if he what he does moving forward when it comes to an offensive standpoint, like Army switching out of the triple option. Will Navy look to do the same moving forward? Um, time will tell um, there. But Navy returns a lot uh, this year. Um on offense and defense. So I, I think that they could make a jump um, in the AAC. They had a they had a good amount of injuries last year. And just with so many people back, they, they have a shot to – I think they have a very realistic chance to make a bowl game in Brian Newberry's first year, which I think will really propel things for him. It, it's, it's always difficult to predict – like Army and Navy in this sense, just because they're it's a completely different ball game for them. Then you look at Kent State. They hired Kenny Burns. Um, he was P.J. Flex, assist, one of his assistants at Western Michigan and Minnesota. He's familiar with the MAC. He worked at Western Michigan, obviously. Um, he's, he's coached all over the Midwest. Um, Played at Indiana, um, again, worked at Wyoming, South Dakota State, Southern Illinois. Um, but being a, being a head coach, it, this, it, it'll be interesting to see. Um, he, he specialized in the run, as, as the Gophers running back coach. And obviously, Minnesota was one of the best rushing attacks in the country. But now you're you're expecting him to to take over a program. And, and, and I think Kent State was one of the schools that probably wasn't expecting uh, to need. They, they weren't expecting that, to need a head coach. Then, um, of course, their coach leaves for a different opportunity. Um, but you look at Kent State uh, – Moving forward, it'll be really, really interesting. Uh, they added Jaron Lewis, quarterback transfer from Kansas State. And uh, so I think he's got a really good opportunity there. But, again, moving forward, I think this is one of those hires. I, it, it, it could be a very good hire just because of his ties to the region and everything. But at the same time, 
this is like I said, this was a program who wasn't expecting to need to hire a head coach. And they go and get a guy who, who's been around the Mac and been around some really good coaching um, over the past handful of years. So really excited to see how this turns out, especially in the Mac East. The Mac East is so wide open that anybody could win. So I think he could step in and have a great opportunity, great opportunity there. Texas State hires G.J. Kinney. Um, he's another young head coach. He's 34. Uh, he's quickly risen up the coaching ranks. Uh, spent time at SMU, Arkansas, Hawaii, UCF. He's with the Philadelphia Eagles before becoming the head coach at Incarnate Word. And he, he the last year Incarnate Word was amazing. And uh, I think they led the nation in scoring um, offensively. Uh, so t Texas State, I think a lot of us have long thought that this could be a potential sleeping giant of sorts in, in the Sun Belt. And uh, now they have a coach who who's young, energetic, and can put an offense on the field. Then, of course, this past week they had T.J. Finley, quarterback transfer from Auburn, and they've added a ton of uh, big-time transfers, big-time P5 transfers. He's brought in a ton of guys from Incarnate Word, um, a lot of guys from Oklahoma. So it'll be. It, I, I'm really, really intrigued to see Texas State moving forward. Again, it might take a year or so, but. This could finally be the hire that Texas State needed to propel them to that next level because for far too long they've been down on the bottom, 4-8 and eight last year, 2-6 and six in the Sun Belt, and being the only team in the Sun Belt from Texas, that's not good enough. And I think they finally got a guy, young, energetic, offensive mind, who won at a high level in the FCS when given the opportunity could really do some things but the, i think this is also another hire where how how long will he be there um if he has success i think we all know he's he's gonna get an opportunity elsewhere um, so i think this is a hire that texas state needs to just ride out and enjoy as long as they can um, but again we've seen texas state with multiple hires over the past 10 years um, let's see if they get this one right next up this is one I already hinted to Kenny Dillingham at Arizona State 32 years old this uh, coach Dillingham is younger than me I'm 33 and I was a college head coach in in uh, in my early late 20s um, so he comes to Scottsdale obviously he's been an offensive coordinator at a ton of places, uh, Memphis, Auburn, Florida State, Oregon, uh, before being hired. And he's uh, got to clean up a mess, that's for sure. Um, but they have he's known for his modern offense, modern dynamic offense. He understands how NIL works being a younger head coach. And I think he could I, – I honestly think – that Kenny Dillingham could be one of the best hires that that we look at down the road and say, wow, that was tremendous. Um, just looking at the guys you brought in, Jaden Rashada, quarterback, a f true freshman from California, huge, huge get for Arizona State. Then you look at the portal, I mean, just adding tons of talent across the board. Um, which, which of course they needed. I mean, they needed to pull in some really good guys. They pulled in uh, Drew Penn, who was starting quarterback at Notre Dame for a while. But again, just pulling in some really, really talented players across the board. And I think <clears throat> moving forward, like I said, I think Kenny Dillingham definitely not being talked about as much as, of course, one of the other hires in the Pac-12. But I firmly believe that this could turn out to be the best hire 
of the Pac-12 cycle here. Um, next up, Ryan Walters at Purdue. Explosive and creative mind defensively. Um, what he did for that Illinois defense oh, was amazing. Another young head coach, 36. Purdue going with the opposite of what they've been doing recently. Obviously, Walter's a defensive-minded guy. We know Purdue has been high, had the high-flying passing attack and whatnot. <clears throat> but I, I'm really – this one is intriguing just because Walters hasn't been a head coach. So we'll see what this looks like moving forward. Um, he – We'll see what their offense looks like moving forward, too. I mean, is it going to be explosive and creative as it was before? I think we're definitely going to see more of a – it's not just going to be all pass-heavy like it's been in the past. Um, looking at some of the players he brought in, um, Bennett Meredith, quarterback transfer from Arizona State. Um, Corey Gamage, a wide receiver transfer from uh, Marshall. He was a good get coming out of high school for Marshall, and it will be interesting to see what it looks like for him moving forward. Uh, Hudson Card coming in from Texas, transfer at quarterback. That was a big, big get for him pretty early there. Uh, but moving forward, what is that offense going to look like, I think is the question. I, I, I don't question that the defense will be – talented just because of coach walters but the only thing i question is he ready for that step next up uh alex golish getting hired at uh, usf uh, obviously huge attention for orchestrating tennessee's offense this season got him this job i mean what tennessee's offense did this year was mind-blowing almost. I mean, he for three seasons under Josh Heupel, I mean, he had one season at UCF and two at Tennessee. He's overseen arguably some of the most electric offenses in the country in that time frame. Uh, the, the number one thing Coach Golish has to do is – run South Florida from a recruiting standpoint. We know USF fans know that, that that's been an issue, keeping local guys home. Um, and obviously there there is a talent disparity. Uh, South Florida has been f very bad the past couple of years. And, and USF fans, I think, are going to be very, very realistic with the time frame here. I think... If they can get the bull eligibility this year, I think it would be a really, really good job by Coach Golish and that staff uh, just because um, there, there's a lot. They, they lost arguably their best couple players. Um, it'll be interesting to see uh, the quarterback battle going on there um, in, in the like. Added some talent in the portal, but... Again, that, that there's a gap there. The, the thing that I would say to USF fans, obviously give Coach Golish time, but look at what – the great example I will use is look at what UConn did last year. Um, not expected to do much of anything, then go 6-6 six and six and make a bowl. I think that's the, the mentality USF could take this year. If they're able to win – Week one at Western Kentucky, which is a huge task because that Western Kentucky team is going to be very, very good um, with quarterback uh, Austin Reed and, and company. But if they're able to start the season 2-0, about to play Alabama, um, if they can win those first two games, I think it would be huge. Um, but they're going to need time for sure. Um, the only hesitation I have, it has the potential to be a home run hire. But the only hesitation I have is the last time USF hired an offensive coordinator from a prime P5 conference. We saw how that ended. So I, I, I think Coach Golsh has gone, gone about it the right way to start, but it's going to take time. 
And I think it has the potential to be a home run hire. Uh, looking at Lance Taylor now at Western Michigan. Uh, they're going to run the football. That's that's uh, Taylor is known for a strong recruiting and as a very good running back coach. And and I think he's he's going to he's going to do just that. Western Michigan honestly is one of the better jobs in the MAC, and he, and he can have success there. He definitely can have success there. Um, they drastically underachieved under the previous regime. So I think Western Michigan fans should be should be excited about uh, the potential of this hire. They just added Hayden Wolf, quarterback from Old Dominion. That was a pretty big get here late in the cycle uh, for them. And I know they've added some significant help on the offensive line, which was needed. Um, a good running back in Keyshawn King coming from Virginia Tech. So, again, this is one where where it could take a little time because the top of the MAC West is is pretty dang good. But this is this is a hire that I could see being pretty darn successful in a couple years, given time. Uh, now, looking at Eric Morris from North Texas. Coming in uh, from Incarnate Word, uh, where, of course, G.J. Kinney was at Incarnate Word, gets the Texas State job. Morris now comes in uh, after being the offensive coordinator at Washington State. Um, he he is now has has the task of taking over North Texas as they make the jump to the AAC and he has to live up to his reputation as a quarterback guru of course he's uh, played receiver at Texas Tech for Mike Leach so he's got that in his background uh, but I think that jump to the AAC for North Texas could be it's a significant it's going to be a significant jump for them in my opinion um Looking at what they added, of course, they've added some Power 5 guys. Uh, adding quarterback Chandler Rogers from ULM. Um, moving forward, though, what does this program look like moving forward? Um, and, of course, anytime you're in Texas, you got to run the state of Texas. He's obviously going to have a ton of quarterbacks he's going to be able to pick from to handpick his guys. And we know North Texas has kind of gone in stretches of there's been times in their history where they've been absolutely dynamic and times where they've been mediocre at best. So we'll see if this hire does the job. I think we know that North Texas – especially recently with their hires, has gone with offensive-minded guys. So we'll see what that looks like moving forward. Probably the most one of the most interesting hires of this cycle, Tim back at Coastal Carolina. Of course, they say goodbye to Jamie Chadwell. Tim Beck has, been, has spent the last three seasons at NC State as the offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. Um, I think the only the question that you have about him is his offense wasn't very popular in Raleigh. So it's going to be really interesting for me to see what he does at Coastal Carolina with one of the best quarterbacks in the country in Grayson McCall. Grayson McCall playing in a pro-style offense is going to benefit him a ton because of what he, what he can do and what it's going to look like for him at the next level. The only question I have is, what does it look like after Grayson McCall leaves Conway? I think that that's that's the big question, and I think you have a guy in uh, in Tim Beck who who's gonna who has a pedigree at the Power Five level to bring in some really really talented talented guys, and we've seen that already. Um, he's brought in. 
multiple, like a plethora of corners. Like today, he brought in Avion Jones from Wisconsin. Um, I, so many corners. I, I, looking at the list just to see how many they have that they've brought in. Four or five, but then Kane Boring at tight end, Kendall Carr at tight end, and then uh, recently Zach Courtney at tight end, Courtney from Colorado, Boring from Notre Dame, and Carr from North Carolina. Um, huge, huge additions, literally, um, for for this for the shot to clears. I'm I'm extremely excited to see Kane Boring in the in the offense uh, moving forward. I think it could be scary, um, and who knows? Maybe Ethan Vasco, the quarterback transfer from Kansas, ends up being uh, the next guy after Grayson McCall leaves. Obviously, time will tell, but I think that that's the one thing I look at moving forward when it comes to Coastal is. You hire a guy who's who's respected at a high level in college football, but the offense that he ran at NC State was not popular. And Coastal has long been known for, at least during the past three years, for having one of the most electric offenses in college football. Um, I think this is a hire moving forward. Uh, I know Coach Beck wanted the Coastal job. That's why he left and took this opportunity. Uh, so you have a guy who really wants to be there, and I think they're going to have success just because of what they've been able to do um, in the past. Next up, Scott Satterfield getting hired at Cincinnati. Um, I know Louisville fans weren't really sad to see him go. Um, so... <laughs> Cincinnati fans might be a little disappointed on this, on the pickup of him after you had Luke Fickle. Um, he oversaw App State's transition from FCS to FBS, and he did a very good job there. Um, but his time at, at Louisville was very, very up and down, um, to, to say the least. So I... I really wonder what he's gonna, what's gonna happen at Cincinnati, especially now with the huge jump to the Big Twelve. Uh, moving forward, what it looks like for them. I know Ben Bryant left, transferred out. Emory Jones transferred in from Arizona State at the quarterback position. Um, they've added some really good, talented players from uh, at the wide receiver position. Keyshawn Helton from Florida State, D. Wiggins from Louisville. Uh, Sterling Burkhalter from uh, North Carolina A&T, and then a couple more, Donovan Ali from Washington State, and then most recently Aaron Turner from UConn, who was UConn's leading pass catcher last year. Um, so I, I, I expect them to continue to air it out, and they added a really talented freshman quarterback in Brady Drogosh uh, from Warren D. LaSalle in Michigan, um, at f high school ranks, um, but is Scott Satterfield really the guy who's going to take Cincinnati to the next level? And I, I think this could be one of the hires that 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 could be one of them you look at in a couple of years where you're like, dang, Cincinnati really fell off. Not really fell off, but they fell off a little bit. I think they're always going to be right there. They're always going to be bowl eligible. But I think we're, we're used to seeing Cincinnati, at least especially the past handful of years, competing for not only a conference championship but more. And I think with Scott Satterfield as head coach, that time is going to come to an end. Uh, next up, Troy Taylor at Stanford uh, gets hired from uh, the FCF's ranks at Sacramento State did a great job there, um, but he he has one of the tougher rebuilds um, in the country. Just to, just to be completely point blank about it, uh, Stanford has been hurt drastically by the early signing period um, just because it takes them 
being as highly academic as they are, it takes them longer to get kids admitted. Um, I, I, I feel, I feel for this, for this staff because it's gonna, this is gonna be one of the tougher rebuilds in the country. Um, just uh, looking at uh, Coach Taylor's resume, I mean, he's he's obviously had a really, really good run at Sacramento State. But he's been a high school coach in, in throughout California. He was an assistant at Cal Berkeley. And so he, he's been in the state. So he knows, I think, high school coaches in the state of California are going to trust him. But, again, you're, you're at a school that um, the transfer portal has killed Stanford. And, again, that early signing period has really, really hurt them. Uh, Stanford fans are going to really have to dig in on this one, and hopefully Coach Taylor can dig in as well. Looking at uh, Zach Arnett, the next uh, hire at Mississippi State, obviously had to step in under uh, just a terrible circumstance um, as a defensive coordinator <clears throat> at Mississippi State steps in and uh, for Mike Leach, of course, uh, after his unfortunate passing. Um, this is an SEC program that is hiring a coordinator who is making his head coaching debut. It, it is a big ask for him when you're going up against Nick Saban, Brian Kelly, Lane Kiffin, Jimbo Fisher, and Hugh Freeze in the same division. Um, this is definitely a hire where we're going to have to wait and see for sure. Um, just because you, you can't just at face value place anything on that just because he hasn't had the opportunity uh, to do so. They did a really good job recruiting overall, brought in a ton of guys. Um, but I think they kind of knew they knew going forward what was going to happen there at the co at the coaching position, but they added a ton of uh, corners, uh, defensive backs. Um, Ray Darius Jones from LSU, Carmani Rogers from Miami, Christopher Keys from Indiana. I'm intrigued to see what they do for, with Mike White right at quarterback. He transfers in from SEC foe Vanderbilt. Um, just to then Kayvon Lee transferring in from Penn State. That, that's a pretty big get for them as well. But like I said, he did a tremendous job in the uh, recruiting cycle from a high school standpoint, grabbed a ton of players. Um, so a really good job recruiting by, by him in, in year one. But like I said, when when it's your first year, you're hiring a coordinator in the SEC, in the SEC West, and you have to go against the likes of those coaches that I named earlier. I don't want to pass judgment too early. Um, but it's 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 gonna it, we're gonna have to wait and see on this one. Um, but Mississippi State won the bowl game against Illinois last year when Coach Arnett was coaching. And I think they could have a, a pretty successful year this year just because the West is wide open. Now, granted, I said all those great coaches, but <clears throat> the West is open. And they have an opportunity. They definitely do. Uh, looking at Barry Odom, hired at UNLV. He went 25-25 and 25 in four years at Missouri, which was his alma mater. Spent the last three years at Arkansas as the defensive coordinator. Uh, we know UNLV uh, went, went through some interesting circumstances during this hiring cycle. Um, so, but this is, UNLV last year was, had the most success that they've had in a long time. Um, going five and seven and three and five, only to fire Sanchez a head coach, which really surprised me, honestly. Uh, so then when they hired, when they made the moves that they made at the head coaching position, eventually uh, settling on Barry Odom, um, I think this is going to be one of the hires that is probably head-scratching from a 
from a fit standpoint, um, he's obviously an experienced head coach, uh, something they haven't had since John Robinson um, back in the early 2000s. But it's also a odd fit. Um, and, then, and then there's reports that he was na- he was made the highest head highest paid head coach in the Mountain West. So that tells you that you need to win. And then there's always the rumors where will UNLV be when the when the uh, conference conference realignment uh, saga ends. So we'll we'll see. Time will tell with this one. But I think this is one of the more head scratching hires just based off a of fit. Then the last two. Uh, <clears throat> first, I'll go with Trent Dilfer at UAB. This could be the riskiest hire. Um, Definitely a surprise hire, for sure. His coaching experience is four years at Lipscomb Academy, a prep high school. Obviously had amazing success there. And and his success as an NFL football player doesn't even need to be mentioned because um, probably one of the better careers that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, Winning a Super Bowl. was a good media mind for ESPN for a while. Um, but when it comes down to coaching, uh, we'll see if he can coach at the Division One level. Um, because UAB has had some pretty dang good success uh, lately. They went 7-6 and six last year, so that was a down year for them. But before then, they were having a lot of success, and I think this this being as risky of a hire as it was, I think this hire could really come back to to bite UA, UAB. But it's also one of those type of hires where it could be an absolute home run and they hit it out of the park. I personally don't see it going that way, but again, time will tell. I, I think I think if you're a recruit, I think it. It's an interesting opportunity to play for a former NFL quarterback who won a Super Bowl. I think it'll be very interesting to see how he does with uh, coaching quarterbacks at the college level and to see where that goes moving forward. Um, Then the final one, Biff Pogey at Charlotte. Um, This is also a very interesting hire. Um, Charlotte's only 10 years in as as a program. Um, Biff Pogey comes from uh, Michigan. He was Jim Harbaugh's right-hand man. He was known as the motivator uh, for player relationships there. And and obviously his his path to Charlotte isn't the typical uh, college head coaching um, move. Prior to Michigan, he was a hedge fund manager and a high school football coach in Baltimore where he led uh, the Gilman School to 13 Maryland state titles. Um, he he's obviously won at the highest at the highest level at the high school level, but this is a hire that uh, really really head scratching just because of the the quote unquote lack of experience. Um, but at the same time. Um, He's going to be able to recruit. We know we we've seen that. We've seen it happen. Hired one of my former uh, teammates, Rod Ojong. Shout out to him as a the corner as the DBs coach there. They've done a really good job bringing in some recruits, uh, some transfer guys from the Power Five schools. Obviously, they brought in a couple from Michigan. A couple kids followed him there, but uh, they like I said, they did a good job bringing in some talent there, but. Charlotte was is at a talent deficit, um, so they got a lot of work to do, especially moving up to the AAC. Uh, you look at them last year; they went three and nine, two and six, with a quarterback who who now has gotten an opportunity to play professionally um, in 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 Reynolds. So uh, I think this is one of those hires that again is a reach, uh, but it's also one of those where it could turn out well but we've seen far too many times like these two these last two hires and Trent Dilfer and Biff Pogey where you 
we're going high risk, potentially high reward, but it, they don't usually work out well. And I could see that happening in both these cases. So that was a little snapshot into each of the 24 coaching hires. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Uh, again, feel free to reach out to me anytime. You can follow me personally at coach underscore be on Twitter. Podcast Twitter account is at TNT College Foot One. Uh, again, like, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Greatly appreciated. I uh, hope everybody's again doing well. Have a good night. God bless.